0: Chapter 12 Earth! Yes. Is Prince Alfengor with you? For a moment, my concentration wavered. I lost the signal. But then, I forced myself to focus. This was too important to let my emotions mess things up. Who are you? I asked. He looked surprised that I would ask. I am Ithil Aaron Halas Koran, assistant to the head of planetary communications. Thank you, Ithalaren. My brother's life has ended, I said. The dome ship was destroyed. I am the only survivor. I could see that this was a surprise. Ithalaren's eyes were downcast, and he lowered his stock eyes as well in a gesture of grief. Your brother was a great warrior, and I mourn also for the many other warriors aboard the dome ship. Alfangor was the greatest, I said. My family doesn't know he's dead. I would like you to connect me with them. I could get interrupted any minute. I will do that. As soon as your family is found, I will contact you. But first, give me your report, Aris Aximili. I tried to quickly organize my thoughts. The Yerks are here in force. There is at least one mothership, and one bladeship belonging to Visser III and numerous bugfighters. The humans are unaware of the invasion. I do not know how many humans have been made into controllers, but there must be thousands at least. I took a deep breath and tried to hold onto my concentration. How much should I tell Ithal Arun? Then Earth is lost to the Yurks. No, I said sharply. Earth is not lost. There is a small resistance. A few humans. Young Arths, like me. I fight alongside them. But surely there is no hope of victory. We have hurt the Yurks, I said. We have destroyed the Kondrona that was in place on this planet. That got ithalaran's attention. That definitely got his attention. You destroyed a Yurk Kondrona? How did you manage that? You and a handful of human youths? It was time to tell him the full truth, or decide to lie. The humans... The humans have the power to morph, I said. Visser three believes they are a small band of escaped Andalites. Earth has many strange animals, and with the morphing we use those species to attack the Yurks. Humans who morph? And how did humans come by this technology? It was given to them. By Alfangor. Ithalaran looked surprised. His eyes darted to the side, and then he abruptly disappeared from the screen. In his place stood another Andalite. I was stunned. I instantly recognized the face. He was very old, and yet his power seemed to vibrate through the screen, across all the light-years that separated Earth from home. Lyrum Aripoth Terus. Head of the Council. Veteran of more battles than I could count. His appearance on the screen would have made me lose concentration, but I was too awed to dare. You know who I am? Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, I know you. I mean, I don't know you, but I know who you are. He ignored my babbling. I mourn the loss of your brother and all aboard that ship. Now tell me, did Alfengor break our laws and give technology to the humans? Um, well, the humans were helpless. Our force had been destroyed. There was nothing to stand between the humans and total domination by the Yurks. They needed some weapon. lirum stared at me with a gaze that was known to make great princes tremble. And how have you come to contact us? This is a z-space transmission. I... I... I made some modifications to a primitive human device. So you also break the law. You also transfer technology to the humans. The humans are not our enemies, I said. I surprised myself by practically yelling. They won't have a chance. These few humans are all that resist the Yurks on this planet. Alfengwer knew that. He did what he thought was right. To my surprise, Lirum did not tell me to be silent. But his eyes grew darker, his expression more serious than ever. Then he said, Eris Aximili, Once before an Endelite did what he thought was the right thing, He transferred technology to a weak, backward species. He did it because he thought they should be able to travel to the stars. Do you know the name of that endolite? Prince Zero, I said. Prince Zero. Yes. He was my first prince. Did you know that? Many centuries ago, when I was an erse like you. Liram looked hard at me. Do you know what happened because of Ciro's kindness?" Yes, I said grimly. Yes, I know. I have seen what happened because of Ciro's kindness. For a moment, no one spoke. Then Liram said, Young Aximili, your brother Alfangor is a hero. The people need heroes in this endless war. I do not wish to tell the people that in the end, Alfangor broke the laws. There can be no forgiveness for a prince that breaks the laws. Unlike an heiress. So, I ask you to think again. Was it truly Alfangor who gave this technology to the humans? I couldn't believe what Liram wanted me to say. He wanted me to lie. He wanted me to clear Alfangor. I... I was wrong when I said Alfangor did this, I said, too shocked to argue. It was... it was me... I gave the humans the morphing technology. Lirum continued. Cut off from your prince, alone, not yet trained, not yet a true warrior. You broke the laws, Eris Eximile. Is this true? Yes, I whispered bitterly. In the name of the council, I forgive your error, Lirum said. What's done is done. Perhaps, in some way, I am too old to see... This may all work out for the best. Yes, I said blankly. Why had I done this? Why had I communicated with my home? Eris Aximili Iskaroth Islil, you have done a brave thing taking on this guilt. I know the temptation to go beyond the law when helping a brave people fight the Yurks. I was an advisor to the Horth-Bajir. They were our allies, but they were not Andalites. They were not our people. But I knew I should shut up, but part of me was getting angry. But the Hort-Bajir ended up losing everything. Liram's eyes were cold. You are an Andalite. You are not a human. Obey our laws. I am giving you an order. Resist the Yurks, but give the humans no information and no technology. Do you understand my order, Eristh Aximili? Yes. The fleet is engaged in many parts of the galaxy. We are doing well against the Yerks, but it will be some time before we can come to Earth. Fight the Yerks. If you are half the hero your brother was, you will bring honor to your family. From what seemed like far away, I heard a faint voice in my head. on the moon. Die, thinky. But at that moment, Liram said, Aximili, we have your father. He would like to speak to you. Ax, you hear? There's Aximili, Kala, my father said. It was his nickname for me. I couldn't believe it was really him. Yes, father. It's me. It's me, Aximili. I'm on Earth. I don't know how long I can talk. Not long. Is your brother there? It came so quickly, the question I dreaded. I almost lost the contact. I desperately wanted to see my father's face and listen to his words. But at the same time, I did not want to tell him that his oldest son was gone. And there was another thing I did not want to tell him. Alfengor, my father said. Is he... Father, Alfengor is... He was killed. My father looked like someone had punched him. He rocked back. I looked away. I had tried so hard not to think about Alfengor being gone. Somehow it wasn't real till this moment. Seeing my father's pain made me feel my own. Did he die well? My father asked. The question is part of the ritual of death. It was the question he had to ask. He died in service of his people, defending freedom, I said. This was also part of the ritual. My father nodded. And has his death been avenged? This was the part I had feared. No, father. My father looked up at me. You are now the eldest son. The burden of revenge is on you. Do you know his killer? Yes. And does his killer still live? Yes. And do you, Aximile, take up the burden of avenging your brother's death? Yes. The ritual was complete. We had both said all the things we were supposed to say. I am so relieved to see that you are well, my father said. Yes, I... I wanted to see you, I said. I couldn't... The connection was broken. Instantly, totally. I was staring at a blank screen. Sorry, but you are breaking my heart, a human voice sneered. I had to cut you off. I spun around. A human! He was thirty feet away, and he was holding a weapon, pointing it at me. Only slowly did I realize that it was no human gun. The weapon in his hand was a dracon beam. Standard Yerk issue. You and I have a lot to talk about, Andalite. Quite a lot. I was frozen. I could not move. The human controller was too far away for me to hit with my tail. Don't try it, Andalite, he sneered. I'll fry you before you can even twitch that tail of yours. But then... Tobias dived from the top of the dome at full speed, wing swept back, talons raked forward. He aimed for the man's face. The man threw up his arm. Talons raked the bare flesh of his forearm, leaving red slashes behind. But the man had held onto the dracon beam. Tobias flew past. Shreds of the human shirt hung from his talons. I leapt forward. Too late! Freeze! I don't want to kill either of you Andalites, but I will if I have to, the man snapped. Tobias swooped away to perch on the huge telescope itself. I just want to talk, the human controller said. You're the one holding the Dracon beam, I pointed out. Then he did something that amazed me. He knelt down and placed the Dracon beam on the floor. He kicked it aside. The weapon went skittering across the polished floor. Now I'm at your mercy, Andalite, he said. You can use that tale of yours, or you can listen to what I have to say. With my stock eyes, I glanced up and saw Tobias. It's up to you, Axe, Tobias said. This is your party. Speak, then, I said to the human controller. My name is Gary Koslar, he said. Don't waste my time, I snapped, trying to sound strong and unafraid. That's a human name. That's the name of your host body. But I know what you really are. He nodded. All right, my name is Eslin 359, and you are Aximili, a young Andalite warrior cadet, brother of Beast Alfangor. You see, I heard the last few minutes of your touching conversation. Beast Alfangor." So that is the Yurk name for my brother. Your brother is dead, Eslin snapped. And so is the one creature in all the galaxy that I cared about. Her name was Durain 344. And do you know what they have in common, your brother and my Durain? No, what does my brother have in common with a Yurk? Eslin's face twisted into an expression of rage. They were both killed by the same being. This are three. As I said, you and I have a lot in common, Andalite. He struggled to gain control over his human face, but his jaw was twitching as he explained. You Andalite bandits did a lot of damage by destroying the Kandrona. There's widespread starvation. The most important yurks, those in vital positions, or those whom the Visor happens to favor, are being shuttled back and forth to the mothership every three days. They get a minimal dose of Kandrona rays, enough to keep them alive. Do you expect me to feel badly? I asked. No, I expect the usual Andalite self righteousness and hypocrisy from you, Eslin spat. Andalites. the meddlers of the galaxy. Do not anger me, Yerk. I said I would listen. I did not say I would let you spew Yerk poison. Eslin made a grim smile. I knew you'd come. As soon as I saw the new software, I said to myself, Ha <laughs> ha! Not the usual clumsy human effort, this. An Andalite who wanted to use the radio telescope as a z-space transmitter. I've been waiting for you. I knew you'd come. And here I am, I said. I felt like a fool. Of course the Yurks would have one of their own people in a position at the observatory. It was obvious. I had been an idiot. An idiot! My Durain, We came from the same pool. We went through training together, she and I. We had been together for a long time. We were very close. She understood me. But I had this important post at the observatory while the was given a minor post. When you Andalite bandits destroyed the ground-based Kendrona, Visser Three moved quickly. He said everyone would survive. He said he had found a way. But he lied. Too many yurks. Not enough Kendrona rays. It was simple division. So he shuttled so-called important controllers up to the mothership. And the rest. Eslin seemed to notice the bloody gashes on his arm for the first time. He touched them gingerly. You Andalites must love this planet. So many nasty species for you to morph. Was your Durain one of the ones killed? She was expendable, Eslin said. Then he smiled. I've had some small revenge already. The Visser's favorites are shuttled up to the mothership every three days to feed. I sabotaged one of the shuttles. That threw off the feeding schedule. Now some of the Visser's friends are starving and dying. Like my Durain died. That's why we're starting to see Controllers losing it, Tobias said to me privately. That's why it took so long. Visser 3 had it under control till this guy messed with his plan. Are you finished, Eslin? I asked him. I've heard your story. Is there a point to it? Ha! You want the point of the story. Yes, of course. The point. The point is this. Visser Three inhabits an Andalite body. And sometimes he feeds like an Andalite. What's that mean? Tobias asked me. He feeds like an Andalite, almost alone. He has guards, of course. But they stay back. He is vulnerable. Vulnerable. And I know the place where he feeds. Why are you telling me this, jerk? Why? He bared his human teeth in a grimace of rage. Because I want him dead! I want Vizzer Three dead! He killed my Darlene! He killed the only one in the galaxy I have ever had feelings for! He did it! And I want him to pay with his life, the foul half-Andalite scum! I want him dead! He calmed himself down, at least a little. He pulled a small piece of paper from his pocket. He placed it on the desk. Time and place, he said. You have a day to prepare. This could be a trap. Eslin sneered. I could have killed you here. You have your duty, Andalite. The burden of revenge. Your brother's killer. Your greatest enemy. You Andalites are a great one for duty. So do your duty, Andalite. Chapter 13 It is very difficult to be in human morph, and remember that you are not one of them. That their pain is not your pain. It is hard to remain apart. Sometimes very hard. From the Earth Diary of Aximili Iskaruth Isthil That same evening, Prince Jake called a meeting in Cassie's barn. My first thought was that Tobias had told the others about my trip to the observatory. Of course, Tobias still did not know that I had communicated with my home. But he did know all about Eslin's plan to kill Visser Three. Cassie's barn is also called the Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic. She and her father use it to rescue wild animals who are injured or sick. There are always dozens of animals in cages. Skunks, foxes, raccoons, birds of all types. Many are bandaged. It's strange the relationship humans have to other animals on Earth. Some animals they seem to have an enormous amount of emotion for. Others they hate. I think it has to do with the thing called cuteness. But I've never understood the concept. And now I was sure I never would. I was not foolish enough to believe that I could take on Visser Three and survive. Maybe, if I planned well, and was lucky, I might get him but I would never live to brag about it. Probably it was just as well. I had no future. Lirum had forgiven me for breaking the law, but I could never be a warrior now, let alone a prince. I would never be another Alfangor. He would go down in history as a great hero. I would be remembered as the young, stupid little brother who gave the humans the ability to morph. I had to morph into a human to go to the barn. There was always the chance that Cassie's father or mother might walk in. But I felt bad assuming the human body. As the human skin replaced my own fur, and human eyes took over from my Andalite eyes, I kept remembering Lirum talking about how he had been an advisor to the Hork-Bajir. The Hork-Bajir had lost. The Yurks had enslaved them. But Lirum had been true to the laws and the customs. What if he hadn't? What if he had given the Hork-Bajir advanced technologies? What if he had taught the Hork-Bajir to build spaceships? Would the Hork-Bajir still be a free people today? It wasn't for me to decide. I was just an heiress. I would never be anything more. At least, if I destroyed Visser Three, people would say, He was a fool, but in the end, he died well. Somehow, that was not a great comfort. I found the others already waiting inside the barn. Prince Jake was sitting on a bale of hay. Marco leaned against a stall, standing with arms crossed. Cassie, as usual, kept busy feeding an injured baby goose with an eyedropper. Rachel paced back and forth, her cool eyes narrowing as she noticed me. And Tobias. Tobias perched in the rafters overhead. I met his intense, intimidating hawk's gaze and I saw that from his talons there hung a strip of bloody cloth. I knew where it had come from, and now I knew the reason for this meeting. Hi, Axe, Prince Jake said. How's it going? I'm fine, I answered. I figured we should all get together, Prince Jake said wearily. He seemed to be averting his eyes for me. We need to think about what this thing with the controllers means. We saw the guy at the mall. Then there was Mr. Pardue. And in the paper this morning, there was a story about some guy, some business guy, who was in a meeting and freaks out. The paper made it seem like he just went nuts. I'm pretty sure he was another controller losing it. He looked at me. I said nothing. See, it's like this, Axe, Marco said suddenly. We're tired of you giving us a runaround. Tobias shows up and he's dragging around some bloody shirt. I ask him, what is this? And he won't tell me. Why won't Tobias tell me? Simple. He must have promised someone he wouldn't. And who would that someone be? There was no point denying it. I made Tobias promise. Puh-romis. It is my fault. So now you're not just keeping secrets from us. You're getting us to keep secrets from ourselves, Rachel yelled. You need to get some things straight, Axe. We're not your little action figures here. We're not toy soldiers. This is our planet. This is our fight. You don't control us just because you're some mighty Andalite. I am not trying to control anyone, I said. Yeah, right, Rachel snapped. The information all goes one way. We tell you everything. You tell us squat. Oh, you sound like you're being straight sometimes, but you never tell us anything useful. You said you knew the Yurk would probably destroy any controller that went bad on them, Marco pressed. How did you know that? Has all this happened before on some other planet? Rachel took over. We show you our world. We take you in. You see our families. You read our books. You even go to our school. And then you keep secrets from us. I felt battered by their words. They were all true. But I had my orders. I had the laws of my people. We're inferior, aren't we? Marco said. That's it, right? We're not good enough. Backward little humans. We don't deserve to be treated like equals. That's not it, I said. Sure it is, Marco yelled. Sure it is. We're just some bunch of cavemen, aren't we? That's what we look like to you. Maybe I would have done better if I had been in my own body. My human body was awash with adrenaline. I was frustrated and afraid and guilty. I can't answer your questions, I yelled. I can't. You mean you won't. Marco yelled. Rachel's right. We're just pawns in the big game. It's Analyze versus Yerks in the big game, and we're what, the Tower Boys? Look, look, I have to follow the rules. Do you? Cassie asked. It was the first time she had spoken. Her voice was soft and reasonable. Did Alfengor follow the rules when he gave us the power to morph? I'm not Alfengor! I yelled. Can't you see that? I'm not some big hero! I'm just a young Andalite, all right? You want the truth? Here's some truth for you. I'm not a warrior. I am an Earth. A... a trainee. A cadet. A nobody. Yeah, yeah, boo-hoo, Marco sneered. I'm not impressed. We don't want your sad story. We want the truth. What were you and Tobias doing? Why did you swear him to secrecy? What's going on? I can't tell you, I said softly. There's a law against giving aliens, I mean, any non-Andalite, our technology. And part of that law is we can't explain why. Can't. Can't. I am sick of this, From, Rachel started to raise her voice to me again, but Prince Jake stood up and took her arm. I saw him look at Cassie. Cassie nodded. I can almost understand the part about not giving us advanced technology, Prince Jake said. But why all the other secrets? Why can't you tell us other things, like how you knew what the Yurks would do? Okay, so you don't want to give us mega weapons or whatever. Fair enough. But to refuse to even tell us how we fit into this whole Yurk-Andalite war? I mean, what's that about? It's about keeping control of us, Marco said. It's about power, Rachel agreed. Cassie was looking at me strangely. No, she said. That's not it. It's not about control. It's about guilt. Shame. That's it, isn't it? That's what you said the other night. You said every species carries some guilt. Guilt? Shame? Marco asked, looking at Cassie like she was foolish. But Cassie had found the truth. What did you guys do to be ashamed of? Prince Jake asked me. Once we were kind when we should not have been kind, I answered. And that's all you're going to tell us? Prince Jake asked. I nodded, the way humans do. I can't accept that, Axe, Prince Jake said sadly. If you're with us, you have to be honest with us. Otherwise, I guess you'll have to be on your own. I hate to do that, but you can't be one of us and then lie to us. I understand, I said. You have been... Once again, I was feeling that strange choking in my throat. You've been very wonderful to me. I will always be grateful. Wonderful. Grateful. Full. The truth is... The truth is we would not have been together much longer anyway. I looked up at Tobias. Only he knew what I meant. Slowly, feeling as if my clumsy human legs were made of a heavy earth metal called lead, I turned and walked away from my human friends. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host and narrator, Daniel. Alright, I'm feeling very sleepy right now, and I don't have any sort of new announcements, so we'll just get right into these end of show notes. If you liked what you heard here, you can hear more at audiomorphs.podbean.com, or by searching Audiomorphs, uh, just any anywhere you'd search for a podcast. If you use iTunes, be sure to leave me a rating and review. I'd really appreciate that. Or tell a friend. That would be pretty cool, too. Also, be sure to check out my uh, other podcast, OK Crusader, found at shoutengine.com slash OK Crusader or by searching OK Crusader wherever. Uh, it is a podcast where I invite guests on and we discuss how dateable we find various Marvel characters as found on the unofficial Marvel fan wiki. If you'd like to reach me about this show, uh, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Okie dokie, that's all I got for you this week, so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.